0: Today, we're, we're in the finale of Uphill Habits, so if you've got your sermon notes, I'd love for you to just pull those out and write this down one more time. Write this down, that most people have uphill hopes and downhill habits. Come on, we've been talking about that for, for four weeks now. Most of us, most of us, I'm saying us, we have uphill hopes, like we wanna do great things in life, we wanna see great things happen, but we have downhill habits They're taking us away from what God wants to do in us. They're taking us away from where God wants to lead us. And we need something more than hope, amen? We need something a little bit more than hope to get us going. We need some habits because hope is a motivator. It's not a strategy. Hope will get you going, but it won't keep you going. It's inspirational, but you need something more than inspiration to change your life. You need some habits, you need some things that you just, you just say, I'm gonna do this, I, I'm gonna sell out to this, I'm going to create some habits that get me where God wants me to be in this life. And, and I, I'm gonna tell you this, you can create all the habits you want, but if you don't include God, you're not gonna get very far. <laughs> you can create all the habits you want, but if, if you don't have God in it, it's not gonna be as effective. And so the question of the day Really comes from our theme verse in Romans chapter 12. And the question of the day is: have you fixed your attention on God? That's, that's the question of the day. Paul says, fix your attention on God. And when you do, he's not gonna change you from the outside. Like you're not gonna get some biceps and triceps and noseps, right? You, some of us have noseps, right? He's not worried about the outward appearance. In fact, he told David, I'm, I'm looking at the heart, right? He told Jesse, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the heart. So he's, he's not worried about the outside. He's looking on the inside. He wants to change you from the inside out. And he wants us to readily recognize what, what it is that you, what do you want from me, God? What is it that you want to do in my life? Let's readily recognize that and then quickly respond to it. Don't just wait around, but like, okay. I'm all in. I'm going for it, God. I'm going all in. Unlike the culture around you that's constantly pulling you down to its level of maturity. Or maybe we should say its level of immaturity, right? It's, it's, it's pulling you down to its level of immaturity. But God, on the other hand, is bringing out the best of you. He's working the best out of you. He, he wants to pull you into greatness, and he wants you to go from, your life is good right now, it's okay. He wants to take you to great, all right? And it's uphill habits that do that. So he's developing what Paul says, well-formed maturity in us. He's developing that in us, and I don't know about you, but I want that in my life. I need that well-formed maturity, but let me tell you, it doesn't happen with good intentions, felt like that was a good place to say amen right <laughs> it doesn't happen with hopes and dreams and inspiration it happens with intentionality it happens with effort it happens with us saying i'm going all in it happens when we allow god to develop it inside of us when we do what steve was talking about when we take next steps when you know part of the, part of this journey's on us right like we we got to take some next steps and he wants to develop that maturity inside of us. And so that's why over the past few weeks we've talked about some habits that we can create that will help us get to where we want to go. The first habit week number 1 we talked about I got to focus on what I do first. Focus on what I do first. And 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 that is put first things first. Right. Put God first. Give him your time first. Give him your talent first. Give him your treasure first. Get put God at first place in your life because he won't take any other place. Right. So that's the first habit. The second habit was I've got to control my thoughts because an idle mind is the devil's playground. And, and I've got to let God transform me by the renewing of my mind. I've got to let him do a work on the inside of me, and, and I've got to control this stinking thinking, right? And then habit number three was i got to keep my life aligned with purpose. God has a purpose for every single one of us. You were born on purpose for a purpose, so I've, I've got to keep my life aligned with that. I've got to live it out. I've, I've got to, I, I, I need to know and remember that God... Put me here on this earth for a reason. So let me find that reason and let me live my life to live out that purpose. And so today's habit is actually a habit that it probably, it affects you more than you realize. It it has more to do in your life than you may think and it will help you deal with all of these other habits and that is I've got to choose my relationships carefully. I got to choose who I hang out with Carefully, And this is not a message of a bunch of do's and don'ts. You know that I, that's not how I preach. So I'm not about to go there today. I'm, I'm not going to do that. But I am going to tell you that you are where you are in this life based on the relationships that you've had. You are where you are in this life because of the people you hang out with. You are where you are in this life because the people that you surround yourself with. And some of you, uh, like some of those people were your choices, right? (laughs) Some of them you inherited. Come on, somebody. Can't help who your parents are, who your brothers and sisters are. You can't help that part. But some of those choices, some of them were choices. And either way, they shaped you. Either way, those relationships molded you. Either way, those relationships uh, kind of formed you into who you are today. And your relationship decisions are the most important relationship. They're, they're the most impo- important decisions you'll ever make. Your relationship decisions are the most important decisions you'll ever make. Who are you are going to marry? That's a big relationship decision, right? Who, who's, who's, where am I going to work? That's more of a relationship decision than you realize. Uh, where am I going to go to college? That's a relationship decision. All of your big decisions in life... They're really relationship decisions, and so I, I want to. I say this sometimes. I want to say it again. That if you'll if you'll show me your friends, I can show you your future. If you'll show me who you're hanging out with, who's pouring into you, who who are you, who who is your, who are your friends, who are the ones that are molding and shaping you, and I can I can tell you what's going to happen. In life because the Bible says it this way in Proverbs 27. It says "It says this in Proverbs 27, a mirror reflects a man's face. A mirror will show what you look like. But if you want to know what a person's really like, just look at the friends that he has. Mm. <laughs> if you want to know what a person's really like, just, just look at their Facebook account. If you want to know what a person's really like, just just look at their friends because it's it's determined by the friends he chooses. He's influenced by the friends that he chooses. So that's what I focus on today. The focus is the choice that we have. The choice that we have in our relationships, the choice that we have in who we're going to spend our time with and who we're going to let invest into our lives. So, I want to give you three choices when it comes to choosing those relationships carefully. And the first one is this I've got to choose to nurture the most important relationships in my life. I got to nurture those. Everybody say, nurture. I've got to nurture those relationships. The condition of your relationships right now is based on how well you can do this. How well can you nurture this? If you're having some trouble in your marriage right now, it's not the marriage's fault. It's how well you nurture it. I'll say it this way. If there's not a fire in the fireplace, it's not the fireplace's fault cause some somebody's got to go get some wood somebody's got to find a match somebody's got to get some paper some kindling as we say in east tennessee you got to find something to start a fire it's not the fireplace's fault for sometimes you just got to flip the switch on the fireplace it's not the fireplace's fault if there's not a fire in it it's on us and we we've got to make sure we're nurturing those relationships in our life it's true of relationships and relationships take work. It takes effort. But let me tell you this. Just because it takes work doesn't mean it's a bad relationship. Just because it takes work and effort and intentionality doesn't mean there's something wrong. It, it, it's like that. And, and I can tell you that living with Annalise, she's it, like living with an angel, right? Right? <laughs> and it's not as easy as you think cuz her halo's always bumping me upside the face and her you know her wings are 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 hitting me and her it's blinding me i just i can't handle it. she's just she's an angel but our, our marriage takes work you know you look at the pastors and you go oh they probably got the perfect marriage they never fight about stuff they they never disagree oh come on now we're no different than anybody else and And we're working harder this year on our marriage than ever before. One of my goals that I feel like the Lord kind of dropped for me is to date Annalise once every single week, all right? Go on a date with her every week, 52 times a year. All right, that's a big goal. But but at the end of this year, I, I think we're gonna be closer together. I think we're gonna be more on the same page. Oh, but what about the kids? They can fend for themselves. Because, because at the end of the day, if we've got four kids and no marriage, we don't have anything. We, we, we've got to lock arms together. And so you need to know that the devil hates your marriage. If you're married, the devil hates your marriage. He hates our marriage, and he wants to destroy marriage. Can I tell you something? Marriage will not maintain itself. You got to put some work into it. You got to put some effort into it. And a lot of people have believed the lie that the grass is greener on the other side. No, no, no. The grass is only greener where you water it. And if you and if you water in the grass of the lady at work, then then it's going to be greener there. If you're watering the grass of the the guy at the gym, come on, somebody's going to be greener there. I want to give you some this may be the best notes you ever take today. The grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener over the septic tank. I, I'm just saying, like, don't give up on your marriage. Don't throw in the towel on your marriage. Remember, choices lead, feelings follow. You're going to have to make some choices to nurture that relationship. Date nights, family nights, whatever it is, make some choices to do that. Amen? Amen. Why? Why do I need to do that? Because Peter says it this way, because the end of everything is almost here. At the end of the day, I don't want to go to heaven just barely squeaking by and my marriage was okay. I want to get to heaven and be like, man, my marriage was the the most important relationship I had on planet Earth. It was incredible. Like, the end is here, so be clear-minded. Be be sober. Be self-controlled so that you can pray. And why does all that matter? Because every, everything else doesn't matter. Love matters. Above all else, love each other deeply. Yeah. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. Because love, we don't cover it up, but it can, it, we don't sweep it under the rug. But, but at some point, we learn to forgive. At some point, we learn to get past some differences. At, at some point, we learn to nurture those relationships. So we've, we've got to do that. If if we're going to if we're going to have healthy relationships, if we're going to choose relationships carefully, I got to nurture the ones that matter most to me. Number 2, I've got to sever some harmful relationships. I got to cut some relationships off. I'm not talking about husband and wife. Like I don't want y'all to get in the car and you go, "Baby, you got to go." <laughs> Pastor Ben says, "You got to leave." No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm I'm talking about those relationships that are pulling you away from God, they're pulling you away from your spouse or your kids, those relationships, those flirtatious relationships at work that have you thinking more about the other person than your own spouse. I'm talking about relationships that are putting you in situations that you're, where you're compromising your values, and maybe you haven't done anything yet, but, but you sure would like to sever it cut it off today like it it needs it needs to end social media is one of those platforms where people are people are hooking up they're they're rekindling old flings and things like that and you just have to be careful because it's social media is reuniting a lot of people it's bringing people together that they don't ever see face to face and they start these relationships with one another and one thing leads to the next kind of like it did for this couple in the UK where they were cheating on one another, neither, neither spouse knew that the other was cheating, but they were cheating on one another. They, they found somebody online, and they're 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 texting them, they're they're messaging them, and they finally decide they're going to meet up, only to realize they were meeting each other. <laughs> and then and then they filed for divorce and cu- accused each other of being unfaithful to each other. I was like, what what are you? You're falling in love with each other all over again, and you're you're cheating on one another. I get that, but like, like they they divorced, like, and they were cheating on each other with each other. Just weird, right? You got to be careful. You 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 got you got to sever some relationships in our small group this past year. This past semester, uh, um, this is why I love small groups so much is one, one of the guys in the group was able to say, hey, I need to sever this relationship that's been unhealthy for me. I need to cut it off. And everybody didn't go, I can't believe you're doing that. They went, man, come on. Thank you for being bold enough to bring it up. Let, let's, let's pray about that right now, right? And so if I'm in your situation, I would do whatever it takes to end that relationship today. Read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. And find out what happens to the person who doesn't sever that relationship. Man, you, th- you, you think you, your heart's racing and you're thinking about all you can think about is that other person. But at, at the end of the day, you're going to lose it all. You're going to lose it all. You're going to lose the things that matter the most to you. And so you, you may think it's innocent. Nothing's going to happen. But just trust me. Take it from Proverbs. Don't go there. Flee, run away! I'm, I'm begging you, just to sever any harmful relationship that you have, cut it off today. Because Proverbs says it this way: He who walks with the wise grows wise. If you hang out with if you hang out with wise people, you're going to be wise. But a companion of fools loses everything he's got. He suffers harm. He lo- he loses what matters most to him. Paul said it this way in First Corinthians. He said, "Don't be misled." And that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to lead you away from God's purpose for your life. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. So we've got to sever those relationships. And then the third thing we've got to do if we're going to choose relationships carefully is we've got to initiate. We've got to start some meaningful relationships. Like We've got to start some relationships that are going to build us up Some relationships that will encourage us. We got to seek them out. Hebrews says it this way: says, "Don't give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing." This is a new year, y'all. Don't this this eight thirty service on our first Sunday is packed out. I I don't know why. I'm surprised. Like God just continues to do things like that, right? Just don't be surprised at God. But let's not let's not neglect this. Let's not stop doing this. Let's let's not neglect meeting together as some have gotten in the habit of doing. Because when we get together like this, we can encourage one another. We, we We can relate to one another. When we get in small groups, we can build friendships. And he says, do it even more because the end is near. The day is approaching. What day? Judgment day. The day that it all comes crashing down. That day is coming. So don't give up on this. So initiate these relationships. We've got to get in that habit. And I'll tell you this, for, for Annalise and I, at the end of last year, we, we just made some decisions that we're, we've got to seek some relationships. And so we, uh, there's a, a lot of networks for pastors and things like that. We joined a relational network for, for lead pastors where we could just, we could relate to other lead pastors. Because in small group, guess what? I, I'm, I'm leading The church, and I just, I can't tell y'all everything. I gotta have somebody else that I can tell some things to, right? I gotta have somebody I can tell my issues to. What am I struggling with? What am I dealing with? And I can't tell you, because I'm leading you. But I got somebody that I can tell. There's somebody that I can relate to in a network of pastors that I can say, hey, I need prayer about this. I'm going through this. And we need that in our lives. You need that in your lives. Um... So so I want to give you three things today, three uh, takeaways, three ways that you can master this choosing relationships carefully, three things you can do, and if they're not in your life right now, they need to be in your life, okay? Three things, and the, the first one is this. I need to develop my relationship with my church. These are three relationships I need to develop. I need to develop my relationship with my church. And I'm not saying it has to be this church. I want you to hear me. I'd love for it to be this church. It doesn't have to be this church. It just needs to be a church. You need somewhere where you can go, that's my place. That's my pastor. That's my church, right? And Paul said it this way in Ephesians. He said, you are members of God's very own family, You're members, and you belong. That's what I want for you. I want for you to be a member somewhere, belong somewhere in God's household with everybody else, with all the other Christians. And see, there's a difference between attenders and members, though. There's a difference. There's this ownership difference between an attender and a member. It's okay for you to go to church somewhere for a season where you're not serving and you're not giving and you're not doing anything. But can I tell you, you can't stay there. At some point, you gotta go, I believe in this place. I'm ready, I'm locking arms with what's happening here. I, I wanna be part of this, I'm a, I'm a member. And, and honestly, there's some of you, you've been, you've been test driving church for a while, you, you've been kicking the tires and looking under the hood, right, you've taken it to several mechanics and they've all given you a green light, but, but you're just kinda like, yeah, I don't know, man, I just don't know about all that. And I'm I'm just telling you, it's time for you to take ownership somewhere, here or somewhere else. Go all in and become a member. And I can tell you, we've got vision that'll blow your mind if I shared it all with you. We've got vision that will just you'll you'll go. I can't believe the vision that Pastor Ben has for this place. And I'm looking for some members, some owners who will say, "This is my place." This man, I'm I'm going all in. I'm 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 going to help make the difference because here's the deal, like. I need somebody that goes, this is my church. Hey, those are your drums. Those are your chairs that you're sitting in. That's your coffee out there. That's your tent. Those are, it's yours. And a member, when a member walks out today, he doesn't look at the paper and go, Man, I sure hope the janitor picks that up in a little bit. No, 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 the member goes, man, this is my place. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make sure it looks good for the next crowd that comes in. A member says, I got owner's eyes. I, I wanna make this place look as good as I can. That's, that's what I'm talking about, is owning something. Be, have somewhere that you say, this is my church, and it doesn't have to be here. But if it is here, growth track. Get, go through the growth track. It happens right after every single service. Today, we added a service, and so it's happening after that service. It's, it's convenient for you to be able to just go right to growth track and discover your purpose and, what, what, and lock arms, join the vision of what God's calling you to do. J- develop your relationship with your church. Number two, develop your relationship with godly friends. If you're going to choose your friends carefully, then, then you got to get around some godly people. Do you want to know how you know if they're godly? Ask me. Say, how do I know if they're godly? Uh, That's a good question. Good question. You know if they're godly if when you get around them, they want to make you be godly too. If you get around them and you go, man, I want to be like that guy. I I I want to act like that. I I want to be godly like him. You You know that you're around some godly people. In fact, in the New Testament, the Bible says that, that they attended synagogue. They went to church on Saturdays, but then during the week, they went house to house. We call it small groups. We believe that we're a church modeled after the New Testament. We, we have church on Sunday, and we, we go house to house during the week. We're, we're, we're meeting each other. In fact, Acts says it this way, that all the believers met together. How? Constantly. Constantly. They were with one another, sharpening one another. The Proverbs says that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the other. They were meeting together, and, and they shared everything. Come on, somebody say everything. everything. They took off the mask, and they said, hey, let me tell you what's going on. Let me tell you how I'm feeling. And so we, we've got to get back to that place where we're, where we're taking off the mask. We're letting other people in on what's going on in our lives and can I tell you that we're all wearing a mask? Every one of us. Hey, I've got a mask up here. Yeah, we've all got a mask. We're all, we all try to, you know, church it up a little bit. How you doing today? Oh, glory. <laughs> Great is thine faithfulness, right? No, just we need somewhere we can take off the mask. And small groups is how that happens for us that's where life change happens. In fact, you are in the right place at the right time today because we're launching small groups today. Yeah. Amen. Come on. I'm pumped about that. Candy, stand up for me. Uh, In fact, if you see somebody in a shirt like this today and you've got questions about small groups, find somebody in a blue shirt, find somebody that you can, you can ask, tell me about these groups. So, so this is where This is where life change begins to happen. We're launching almost 30 groups today. And in fact, in your worship guide, go ahead and pull out your worship guide. There's an insert there with a list of those groups. And it's just enough to give you a taste, right? What I really want you to do is go online later today, go online and search those groups. Sign up for a couple of groups. Show up to two or three groups. And then after a few weeks, Stick with the ones you like, okay? If you don't like one, don't go back. You're not going to hurt their feelings. It's okay. We want you to go where you belong. Go where you fit in. And we have, we we call them free market groups. A free market group is, is a kind of group where you can meet about anything. You can have a group on anything as long as it helps you do three things. As long as it helps you protect one another, connect with one another, and grow. So if that means uh, like training to run a marathon, you can, if it helps you do those three things, you can do it. If that means you go out to the gun range together and, and shoot guns, if you can do those three things, do it. If that means you want to sit around and knit and crochet, come on somebody. You, if you do those three things, do a group. And so there's all of these interests. There's all these topics. And maybe you're thinking about going to that one on, on financial peace, and you're, you're going to get that financial peace in your life. Man, that's awesome. But really, the topic isn't the main thing. It's just the hook to get you there. Because when you get around some people, you start to take off the mask, and then, you, and then relationships develop. That's what it's about. That's where you can feel and sense the life change in your life. And also, on the back of your message notes today, there's some more information there as well. You can can read that later. But you heard Taylor talk about freedom. You heard Taylor talk about freedom, how she found freedom through freedom. Freedom is is one of those that I say, man, everybody in this church has got to go through it. But if you all go this time, we just don't have enough groups, right? It's just, But we're, we're little by little adding more groups each and every time. And, and here's the thing. Uh, it's it's a, just a 13-week course that helps you settle yesterday. Just get past the past. Get some deliverance. Get some freedom in your life. That's what it's about. And we all need it in our lives. It ends with a conference. And I'm telling you, that conference is powerful. So... So we're getting in a group. And listen, I know that meeting people can be difficult. Can I give you a little piece of advice? Get over it. It's uphill. Anything worthwhile is uphill. You need to get some freedom in your life, it's uphill. You, You need to make some better relationship choices in your life, it's hard, it's uphill. But it is worth it, amen? So we're trying to develop these relationships. We're trying to choose friends carefully. So I've got to develop my relationship with my church. I need to serve somewhere. I need to lock arms, be a member. I need to get on the team. I need to do something with my my purpose and my passion. I need to develop my relationship with some godly friends. I need some people who will get up in my face and say, what are you thinking? That we give them permission to say, man, come on. God's got greater things for you than that. And we need people in our lives like that who love us and care about us. But the third thing is i got to develop my relationship with God. What would it be like if we we did like Taylor, if we just went all in? And I know I've been talking about that a lot the last few weeks. But I feel like my job is to push you. My, My job is to not let you settle. My job is to not let you get comfortable because you've got a next step. And so this year is my 17th year in ministry. I know I don't even look 17, y'all. I got that baby face. Moneymaker, right? I know. But here's what I've noticed in my 17 years of ministry. See, there was a time where I didn't go all in. Before I met the Lord, man, I grew up in church. We were there every time the doors were open. I didn't know God. I Like, I didn't want to go to hell. Come on, somebody. I had fire insurance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to go to hell, but I don't really want to go all in either. And so I, I lived my life like that for a long time. And what I've noticed about people in my ministry years is that people just want to try God. I just want to try God. Like, I, get, I just want to... I just want to test it out like, like it's a 30-day money-back guarantee. I just want to, I just want to, like, like a little dabble do you. Like Christianity is a tester bottle of perfume that you can spray, and if you don't like it, you can walk away. But here's the deal Christianity only works if you go all in. You, there's no other way. It only works if you give it 100% if you go all in. It's why God said it this way through Jeremiah in chapter 29. Right after my favorite verse, he says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, you'll find me. Can I tell you the opposite is true? That if you don't look for God wholeheartedly, you won't find him. Well, Pastor Ben, I tried Christianity, and it doesn't work. Of course it didn't, because you gave it three days. You, went, you, you didn't go all in. You, you just kind of dabbled in it. And I'm, I'm here. I just, I just feel like I need to say, closing out this Uphill Habits series, my strongest encouragement to some of you today is give it all you've got. Go all in. Give him everything you've got. Don't leave anything on the table and see what God will do. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give him praise today. Let's thank him for that. Thank you, Jesus. Will you bow your heads with me today? Just right where you are, just kind of hang out for a moment. And let me ask you, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's he whispering to your heart? I believe, what I believe is that this day could be the day that everything changes for you. This could be a benchmark moment for you. This could be a moment where things change. And there's some of you here today, you've been dabbling in Christianity. You've been tiptoeing in Christianity. You've been testing it out. You've just been checking it out. Wonderful! I wonder if it'll work. I wonder if it's really true. But let me tell you today, if you're here and you're far from God and you're ready to go all in, if you're ready to give him 100% of your life, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where you can give it all you've got. You can see God do a work in your life. And if you're ready to go all in, On the count of three, I want you to just slip up your hand right where you are. One, two, three. Lift up your hand. I'm going all in, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else would say, that's me, Ben? I need to to give him all that I've got. I've been dabbling. I've been tiptoeing. I'm going all in today. Thank you. Anybody else want to join three people that said, that's me, Ben? Count me in. Amen. Come on, let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I can't take it anymore. I'm leaving my old life behind. I'm giving you my life. From this day forward, I am yours. You are mine. I will live my life for you, the best that I know how. Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen.